It's the Code St. Luke podcast, where you'll hear interesting topics and people brought together through the Code St. Luke Public Library. Now here's something to think about. Did you know that music often reflects the time and place in which it was written? Historical events influence the creation of artistic works. For many hundreds of years, man has enjoyed and played music for various reasons. Meditation, dancing, rituals, entertainment, to express feelings, to reflect on past events, and to show what is happening in his world. Hello, my name is Farah Mohammed, and for today's musical moment, we will listen to music that has mirrored historical events and has revealed to us what was happening in the country at the time it was written. At the most general level, a composer's environment shapes his musical style, his musical vocabulary and expressive language, and sometimes specific historical events shape the creation and content of a piece of music. So for today, we will hear a bit of history through music, just a few examples of pieces written in direct response to a historical event. Let's start with the music of Handel. The life and career of George Friedrich Handel, a German-born composer of Italian-language opera who went on to become England's greatest composer, is an extraordinary example of whose music reflects the cosmopolitan nature and dynastic politics of 18th century Europe. Handel was a man of fortitude and conviction. He was well-traveled and mingled with princes and famous musicians, and even cardinals wrote librettos for him to set to music. He enjoyed great fame in Germany, Italy, and England. He became England's most important composer and a favorite of Queen Anne, who gave him a subsidy of 200 pounds a year. On Queen Anne's death, a complicated arrangement made the elector of Hanover, Georg Ludwig, King George I of Great Britain and Ireland in 1714. King George's patronage contributed to Handel's phenomenal success as a composer in England, which led to the creation of numerous musical masterpieces written for the English royalty, including the composer's iconic water music written for a state procession in 1717. Handel specifically wrote this music in response to King George I's request for a concert on the River Thames. These royal water parties were a sequence of public displays that marked the first years of the Hanoverian dynasty in London. His water music is a collection of orchestral movements often published as three suites. Let's hear the suite in D major in its entirety. These short dance movements are as follows. Overture, a la hornpipe, minuet, lentement, and bourre. Thank you. 
As part of the fascination with Eastern culture, the Turkish theme is a source of inspiration in the area of music as well as other branches of art. Perhaps the first musical examples of this are these next two pieces by Mozart. My first example is from Mozart's beloved opera, Abduction from the Seraglio, because its subject, as well as its setting and musical themes, reflect the influence of Eastern characteristics. Naturally, Abduction from the Seraglio, which contains all the characteristics of Mozart's musical language, is also important as proof that this great composer of Western music was influenced by the Ottoman culture. This three-act opera takes place in the 16th century in the palace of Selim Pasha. Musicologists say that this period in which this opera was written, 1781, was characterized by the Turkish trend, which was in fashion in Europe at the time, and in Vienna in particular. Here's an aria, O wie will ich triumphieren, sung by the character Osmin, the evil overseer of the palace, brilliantly sung by Kurt Moll. Scored for basso profundo, listen for the low note of D, the lowest note written for the human voice in opera. Oh, 
other Turkish theme piece is the third movement of the well-known piano sonata number 11 called Rondo alla Turca or Turkish March. This section with its 2-4 meter and quick tempo is a reflection of Janissary music through the ears of Mozart. This is good evidence that Mozart like other Viennese composers of his time was influenced by the music of the Turks who had twice surrounded Vienna. Thank you. 
From the 1780s, we come to the 1970s. What's Going On is the 11th studio album by American soul singer, songwriter, and producer Marvin Gaye. It was released on May 21, 1971, by the Motown Records subsidiary label, Tamla. Recorded between 1970 and 1971, this was Marvin Gaye's first album to credit him as a producer and to credit Motown's in-house studio band, the session musicians known as the Funk Brothers. What's Going On is a concept album, with most of its songs segueing from one song into the next and has been categorized as a song cycle. The narrative established by the songs is told from the point of view of a Vietnam veteran returning to his home country to witness hatred, suffering, and injustice. Gay's introspective lyrics explore themes of drug abuse, poverty, and the Vietnam War. The album was an immediate commercial and critical success and came to be viewed by music historians as a classic of 1970s soul. Mother, mother, there's too many of you Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the end. For only love can comprehend You know we've got to find a way To bring some love and get here today Picket lines and picket signs Don't punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see Talk to me, you 
Come to the music of Johannes Brahms and the seeds of Hungarian nationalism, which developed in the early 19th century. Leos Kossuth was a political reformer who inspired and led Hungary's struggle for independence from Austria. He held a brief period of power in the revolutionary years of 1848 and 1849, becoming an icon of freedom against Austrian domination though it was short-lived. As a result, thousands of Hungarian refugees, including the military, officers, nobility, writers, journalists, politicians, artists, and intellectuals, fled to the West. One such musician was 21-year-old violinist Eduard Hoffmann. Now, Hoffmann had studied at Vienna's conservatory from 1842 to 1845, and on returning home to Hungary, he got involved in nationalist politics and renamed himself Eduard Remenyi. Already famous as a violinist, Remenyi joined the revolutionary Hungarian army in 1848, but ultimately fled to the West. In 1850, Remenyi met Johannes Brahms, and the two became fast friends. Brahms accompanied Remenyi in a number of recitals over the next few years. This was Brahms's introduction to gypsy-style music, such as the Shardash, which later proved to be the foundation of his most lucrative and popular compositions, the Hungarian Dances. Meeting this wonderfully talented Hungarian violinist ignited the composer's longtime love affair with Hungarian gypsy music, as seen here in this next piece, the electrifying finale to his G minor piano quartet entitled Rondo alla Zingarese, or Rondo in the Gypsy Style.
My last number is one of the highlights from Giuseppe Verdi's opera, Nabucco. Now Verdi, it turned out, played a key role in the movement for Italian unification. Verdi directly participated in the political process that forged an independent Italy. He served in Parliament as a deputy for four years, bringing his intelligence, creativity, and no-nonsense attitude to the Chamber of Deputies. He was a tireless and effective advocate for issues close to his heart, like general education, musical education, agriculture and flood control, and financial support for Italy's opera houses and theatres. In 1840, when he was approached to write the music for Nabucco, he was struck deeply by the words of va pensiero, or fly, thought, on golden wings. So beautiful was his music that it became the unofficial anthem for a united Italy. Now, in the opera Nabucco, this chorus number, Va Pensiero, is sung by the Israelites who are being held captive in Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar, or Nabucco in Italian. When the opera was first performed in 1842, it didn't take long for the audiences to decide that the Israelites' dream of freedom and homeland was their dream of freedom and homeland, too. Nabucco was a triumph. The audience saw a story that was a thinly veiled metaphor of the Italian nation itself. A proud and ancient nation held captive by oppressive foreigners longing to be free. Nabucco spoke directly to the nationalist soul of the Italian people. The music and poetry of Nabucco came to be identified with the Italian people's quest for nationhood and ultimately swept the composer into a reluctant but ultimately committed role as a politician in the birth of the Italian nation. Fly, my thoughts, on wings of gold, Go settle upon the slopes and the hills, where, soft and mild, the sweet airs of my native land smell fragrant. Here is the chorus Va Pensiero from the opera Nabucco by Giuseppe Verdi.
that's it for today. I hope that you've enjoyed hearing music that directly relates to major events in history. Of course, there are so many other examples of music composed as a direct reflection of history, which only underscores how great an influence historical events are on the arts and especially in music. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Code St. Luke podcast today. We launched the podcast and telephone broadcasting service in March 2020. The idea was to get content from Parks and Recreation and the library into your homes using Zoom, telephone, and podcasts. If you enjoy the podcast, please give it a rating and review at Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. For more information about programs at the library, visit csllibrary.org. For information about the city of Code St. Luke, visit CodeStLuke.org. Have a great day.